0: the game of business podcast. Proximity is power. Registration for our executive boardroom is still open. To learn more, click the link in the description of this episode. All right. So today my guest is Vikram Deol. Vikram is an entrepreneur um, started off, which I loved to hear in your story when we talked previously here about just how you hustled inside of the sales world. And that's where a lot of us entrepreneurs start is we start with uh, an idea and we can do this, we can, it's all about the sales thing, right? I was a salesperson my entire career until I decided to buy my first business and push all my chips on myself. And basically I was a salesperson running a company in the beginning, right? And that's where I think a lot of us get our start and our strength. And so I'm gonna gonna really inside of this conversation with you today is just really pick your brain on what you think takes to be a great salesperson.
1: But inside
0: (laughs) that, um, you made the shift recently into real estate, which I find is last year, you know, up the first half up until the first half of the year was probably a real. You're probably feeling really good about life, and since then. From a lot of my folks that I deal with in real estate, things have tightened up a little bit. And so kind of pick your brain on that. But let's just start, if you would, on telling me about your first venture as an entrepreneur and what that was like and what, what was the impetus behind starting that?
1: Yeah, uh, well, thank you so much for letting me be on, JP. I, I, love, uh, I love sharing the story and I think a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is glorious and that you're born an entrepreneur. Um, I think entrepreneurship is boring. Um, It's exciting, but the day-to-day is pretty boring around entrepreneurship. So I I think when people start to understand that it's not all glitz and glamour and it's not all what you see on TV or Instagram, it's just the daily grind. uh, It it really makes a big difference. Uh, My first entrepreneurship journey was at 17. I, I got my my older brother actually got a letter from uh, vector marketing which is the marketing arm of cutco cutlery
0: and hey, a lot of par- i did it too My <laughs> freshman year in <of> college <laughs> yeah
1: awesome. uh, so yeah you know a lot of a lot of people that come through the tony world a lot of people that are entrepreneurs they start there because you know you get this letter that says you're going to make 14 dollars an hour it's an appointment whatever but you're you know you're 17 18 years old you don't you don't read anything you're just like oh my god this is so much money and I went into the interview, suited and booted. That's just how I I rolled. Um, and so I was suited and booted. And we were like the rich kids because we got a, a letter mailed to us. It wasn't like a flyer on a car. So they automatically let you into the interview. And so they let my brother in, they let me in, we went together, our mom dropped us off. And from there, like that was my first adventure because as a 17 year old, I went from having a job at my parents' restaurant to having to schedule my own appointments, having to ask for referrals, having to make sure that my product was clean, make sure that I knew that what was going on. I had to learn the script. I had to learn the program, the process, the product, right? We, we became experts in knives very quickly. Right. So now when I go to people's houses, I mean, I've always enjoyed cooking, but now I go into somebody's house. I'm like, Oh, those are shitty knives or, Oh, these are these, or, Oh, you guys got this. Right, because it's so ingrained in your head. When you study a product so deeply, Um, that summer I did really well. Um, I was the number one agent in our office, and you know a lot of people say, "Oh, it's because you had rich friends." And I'm like, "You can get into any neighborhood you want if you have the right strategy. Just like you can get out of any neighborhood if you have the wrong strategy." And so. That summer worked my ass off, sold a bunch of knives. And the following summer, they offered me an opportunity to be a branch manager. And that's a a three to four month stint where you, you know, after you're done with school, you go, you open up an office and you basically are the manager. You're training sales reps, you're doing the lease, you're responsible for all the utilities. And I was 18 years old. Um, So my reps were coming out of high school older than I was. And they always knew I was young, but you know, I hired my first employee at that summer. Um, she was a receptionist and then I had assistant manager, which was my ex-girlfriend. And we just, I mean, it was a wild, we called ourselves a wild, wild west, but we outsold 98% of the offices that summer, pound for pound, we were some of the best out there. And I realized that as much as I love selling and I probably would have sold a hundred grand worth of knives that summer, I loved teaching and training and seeing other people win as well. And so that was like two thousand and that was two thousand, yeah, two thousand. That was the first entrepreneurship journey. But you know, like I just never thought I, I just never could work for anybody, man. Like I don't know. some people are they they like it, and other people I think are built a little bit differently and they can handle the stresses because that summer, you know, I borrowed ten grand at the beginning of summer to pay for rent. I was in Santa Monica, and my dad's like, Hey, if you get it, if you, if you pay for the whole lease up front, will you get the, will you get a discount? I'm like, well, I don't have enough money to pay for it. He said, that's not what I asked. You know, he's like, money's available, son, if you know who to ask. And I was like, okay, well I'll go ask. So I went to the landlord. I said, Hey, if I pay for the whole summer up front, can I get a discount? And the guy's like, looks at me, you know, he's like, you're an 18 year old kid. Like, where are you going to get 12,000 bucks. I was like, well, I can't get 12, but I can get 10. So you're going to cut me a check for 10 K. I was like, yeah. (laughs) And I got a discount on the rent. So like you start to, you start negotiating, you start learning things. Right. So my pops lent me some money. Um, I had about half, he had about half Um, and he lent me some money. And I, I don't remember it's 25 years ago now, but we started, you know, at a young age, you start learning that everything's negotiable.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I love this. I wanted to to d- dive into something that you said. You said, if you um, even if you don't know anybody in a neighborhood, you can still mm-hmm. get into that neighborhood. Now, yeah. let's expand that. Let's expand that to a, a different business, right? So mm-hmm. now we're outside of a vector marketing and we're in, in, a, in a more entrepreneurial world. We're looking to break into some kind of industry. What? How can you apply that strategy or, or what tips or insights could you give somebody? How am I going to get in to find somebody that I don't know? And I know that's kind of a
1: curveball I'm throwing at you. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, so when I moved to Seattle, like I, when I, with, with Cutco, I, I sold in many markets and uh, I'll just use that as, as an example. I sold in many markets and then I started to sell real estate in 2010. And when I moved to Seattle, I got married. I didn't know anybody out there. And I don't want to go sell products to people who can't afford me. I don't want to sell products to people who can barely afford me. I want to go to the three million, the five million, the eight hundred, the nine hundred thousand dollar home where they have money to spend on things, right? I want to go sell real estate to the people who are buying million, two million, three million, four million because the work is somewhat the same. The way you treat people changes, right? Like, you have a different quality of expectation than somebody who's buying a $200,000 house in an 800,000 median price point neighborhood. Right? So Mm -hmm. the sophistication changes, which is what I teach my clients. I'm like, if you, you know, the same thing I always taught my team members. I'm like, if you want to get into the higher end market, you have to give higher end service. You have to give higher end answers. You have to give people, what they're used to getting because they have the best resources available to them. And so the first thing is, is you got to educate yourself, right? Like, all right, so I want to go to this market. I want to get into this place. Well, who do I know in my network that could potentially have a connection that has a connection that has a connection? Okay. Well, I want to get to JP, All right? Cool. So who could know, you know, JP sells Y widget. All right, cool. Who sells X widget? That's you know, that could be a An companion space. to the why. Right. right? Like if you sell cards, somebody has to have the box, right? Who's who makes the boxes. And so you start to find the the people that you could network with. Um, in the case of like real estate, right? It's who knows who, who hangs out with you. And then you just start asking people like, believe it or not, if you just ask people like, Hey, JP, could I ask you for a favor? Yeah. What's up, Vic? Do you know anybody who's in X, Y, Z? Uh, I don't, but you know, my friend Bob does. Oh, cool. You want an intro to Bob? Yeah, sure. And now you got an intro to Bob through JP. You go get coffee, share what you're doing. If Bob likes you and trusts you and doesn't feel like you're a skis, just trying to steal his friend's attention. He'll be like, Hey, I actually know so-and-so here you go. So I, I think people don't like. I think people underestimate the power of the community because, you know, when I, I remember when I joined Platt in 20, uh, 2017 and you know, when, when Tony sells Platt, it's like, you don't realize that you don't have access to Tony. Like a lot of people don't realize that he tells a story little- about the
0: castle and going to Dubai and everything You're like, Whoa,
1: Tony's coming yeah. over for Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> right. I was like, so we get to hang out with Tony Robbins for Christmas dinner. Like this is awesome. Right. And then you realize very quickly after you sign up and you drop, you know, 75,000 or hundred thousand dollars that Tony's never around. Tony's at the events and you can go to, you know, I don't know what the events are like now, but you could go to 2530 events and you could see a lot of Tony, but Tony's not showing up to your parties. Tony's doesn't have like, you don't have Tony's phone number there's a thousand people in this program. Like it's a huge program, but what you have access to is his community, his network. And your network is so much more important. And like we, me and my, my business partner, uh, I'm traveling here in Argentina with him. We talk about that a lot. It's like, dude, if I didn't spend the money that I spent, I wouldn't have met this person. If I didn't meet this person, I wouldn't have met that person. If I didn't meet that person, I wouldn't have met you. We wouldn't have been doing this right. Like, so, sometimes you got to pay to play. And sometimes you just got to ask people and do the work, but either way to get to where you want to go, you just got to expand your network because your, your net worth is a direct reflection of your network.
0: Yes. I love that phrase. I've got a, a client of mine who who brought that up earlier this year. Your network is your net worth. And it's so yeah. true. Um, the, the more people that we're, we're able to touch on, the more we're able to say, just like you said, Hey, I need to find the box for these cards. Who do I know that might know somebody that knows the box maker? Right. And, and that's, and then just when you're tapped into groups like Tony, or I've been in, in a lot of different groups as well, you can yeah. drop that message inside of the group. Does anybody know this? And when you're in these hype, when you're in big groups like this, everybody wants to help out. One of the things that really struck me with when you were speaking is one of your core values is contribution. Um, You're a giver. (laughs) I I got that from you. You're a giver. You just said, I could have made a hundred thousand dollars selling knives, but I had more joy training other people up. Right. Contributing to the success of others. Right. That was beautiful, man. I just, I see that in you just, uh, I thought that was amazing. So, it, but your is you do you think as an entrepreneur your your biggest strength still is sales or have you changed and and grown in different areas?
1: You know, I, I think sales is probably the most important aspect of any operation. Whether you know, my dad's a really successful doctor, but he sells wellness, right? So he's upselling supplements and vitamins, and he's reprogramming people from. Hey, take these drugs to take these supplements. He's retraining people from the drugs are going to save you to the drugs are actually causing additional problems. And he sells all day long. Now he's selling from a place of service and authenticity, but he is selling wellness all day long and he's a doctor and people don't think of doctors as salespeople, right? So no matter what field you're in. You're either selling your company to an executive, you're selling yourself to an investor, you're selling yourself to an end client, right? You're always selling. Uh, my, one of my mentors, he's incredibly wealthy, right? Incredibly wealthy. He sells all day long. Like he's got a 50,000 person email list. He sells through that. You know, he probably made for Black Friday, seven figure payday um over the course of the last five days on just his courses that he created two three four years ago maybe he didn't make that much but my assumption is he he sold a lot and over the course of the last couple of years he's definitely sold seven figures worth of the same course right Right. so he's an excellent copywriter which is sales he's an excellent speaker and presenter which is sales he's always building an email list which is sales right like he's got to get people into his world and even, you know, people like Alex Hermosi, who has done exceptionally well for himself as well, he talks about how he's like, Hey, I just want to get people in my world, more eyeballs, Gary Vee, more eyeballs on me, the more opportunity I have to drop a big offer and sell. I mean, Gary Vee, he dropped his uh, NFT, what like little Gary's or whatever last, uh, la- or earlier this year, and they blew up, you know, so mm-hmm. you got to have brand You got to have sales ability. You got to have, you know, the ability to learn how to, to, to communicate with other people, because if you can't sell yourself, right, you have a bunch of companies. If you can't sell yourself to an executive that you want to be a COO or a CFO, they're going to go work for your competition. So I think learning how to communicate, which is really what sales is, it's a transference of energy from you to me or me to you or somebody to somebody. I believe that if you can learn to transfer your energy in a cohesive manner that people can tangibly, you know, bite size. Okay. This makes sense for me. um, I think you win in the long run. Right. What are,
0: if you were to give somebody um, you know, maybe, maybe they're in a, in a state, you know, right now we're entering this uh, economic winter. Right. And And a lot of, there's a lot of anxiety and stress out there. Now I choose to uh, not participate. <laughs> it's just, right. This is what, I'm not participating. You guys right. can all participate in this winter season, but there's some out there. And so if if we're looking at this, what would you say are, so the business is flat say, what do you think from your, from your knowledge and expertise around the sales arena, what would be like the first three to five things you would do personally, to spark an increase in sales? The three to
1: five to thrive, if you will. Hire a coach. Okay. Hire somebody who is awesome at sales, right? Get your get your messaging down, right? We call it scripting. Uh, get your messaging down, right? Figure out what you're going to say. Practice, role play, get really good at like your avatar, right? But get who your message is supposed to serve down pat, Um, a lot of people think they need to have a huge market, but actually when you go smaller, you can go more, con- you, you, you can speak your message more clearly. Um, and that clarity of message allows you to really hyper-focus in on, on a particular group. Um, and it's also easy to make adjustments because you're like, okay, they're not resonating. How do you know? Because they're not buying. So one thing is, is you need to hire a professional, right? If you knew what you needed to do to get out of the slump, you would do it. But a lot of entrepreneurs, even companies that are five, 10, 15 million, they don't have great sales processes to grow. And when things start right in the last couple of years, you know, like you said at the beginning, there was trillions of dollars that were injected into the economy. It was not difficult for people to spend money because everybody was it was just it was it was free. Yep. It's easy to spend other people's money. So they didn't have to be great at anything. They just had to be there yep. and they won now that it's getting hard. You need to improve your sales skills and people do, oh, I don't want to be a salesperson. We're all salespeople. The little baby crying for milk and his mom's attention is a salesperson. Right. Right. So, so that would be number one, Um, you know, really, really hone your message to your avatar. Um, Number two would be is, you got to put out 10 times more effort, you know, in this market, it's going to take 10 X more or three X more or five X more. I was listening to, um, some stats on YouTube this morning about what happened in 2006 to 2012, because in the real estate world, you know, people say lists last, right. You need to get listings. You need to get listings. Everybody reaches out. We want more listings. And I'm like, look, you guys, you do know that. 50% Fifty percent of listings, sixty percent of listings in a down market don't sell. They're like, no. I'm like, yeah. In an up market, of course, everybody wants the listing because it's easy. But now you actually got to work your ass off to sell. So in every economy, right, every market, they're going to take more prospects to sell than it's going to take less. I, I don't know any any market that's going to be easier. Um, personally now than it was last year. So everybody's yes, exactly. feeling the condensing, right? Like you said, I'm not participating in it. I'm just working harder, right? So we're doubling down on marketing. So that'd be this. The second thing is, it's going to take more of it. Third thing is don't pull your marketing budget, double down on it. So my buddy is a, uh, he runs a digital agency and I go, bro, my leads have dropped. He's like, you're not spending enough money. He's like, every ad you have, you need to double. He's like, especially now to the end of the year, because now you're competing with all the big companies that hold out all year round and they market from, you know, a week before black Friday through Christmas day. He's like, so you need to double down, but in every industry, the first thing people pull is their marketing budget. They pull their education and marketing, which is like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. when shit hits the fan we need to double up on our marketing we need to double up on our brand we need to get out on social media more we need to become the face of our company i mean look at elon musk he's the face of twitter tesla um what uh, he's got what spacex (laughs) yeah like that's three billion billion dollar companies he's the face of so he's not retracting he's doubling tripling quadrupling down and he's because he's so polarizing, he's getting so much free attention on himself, which is helping his companies grow. <clears throat> so even though people are like, oh, well, we don't like Elon anymore, they're still not stopping to buy Teslas. They're still on Twitter. The, the people that say, hey, we're leaving Twitter, they leave they leave the comment on Twitter, but they're still on Twitter. So it's like people aren't leaving the platforms. They're just talking smack and they stay on because it's good good stuff. So you, you really have to improve your sales skills. You have to know who you're talking to. You have to increase your efforts. You might have to double, you might have to triple, you might have to quadruple. Um, and then you, you really got to make sure that you have your, uh, you have your budgets in place so that you cut everything else out there, but you never stop marketing. And you want to, that, that should be your absolute last thing you cut. But the reason why people are scared in my opinion to market, it's cuz they don't have a clear concise message. Or they, well, don't, they don't have the message and then they product.
0: don't a lot of a lot of people that i see a lot of business owners they don't ha- they don't have a good um, dashboard to understand what the dollars are bringing in. Right. You know, they don't understand that oh they they see the 10 20 30,000 in ad spend, right? But they don't see the direct correlation on the backside, right? Yeah. They don't understand their cost per acqu- their their profit per acquisition that they get off of this. Right. Yeah, I spend thirty thousand to make thirty five spend thirty to make sixty. You know, if you if you spent thirty to make sixty, well, maybe if you spent forty, you'd get eighty, right? If you're yeah. doing the math, right? Or maybe even hey, go higher.
1: E- even in a market like this, if you spend thirty and you make thirty, that's playing that's that's playing blackjack for free, right? right. But you're getting your brand out there consistently. So like, you might not make money but you're not losing money and you're getting your brand out there right or they don't like you said if they don't have a good dashboard they don't understand that there's on the flip side of things there's longevity so if they have a good follow-up process and they have a good sales process and they actually know what to say to the prospect or their salespeople know what to say to the prospect it takes a negative month to the following month where they're now profitable so they might have lost a thousand dollars this month, but the next month they made five grand and it's from what they did this month. So they're up net for the following month minus commissions and salaries, things sure. like that. But even if you make $0 in a shifting market or a recessionary market, even if you make $0, you're still ahead. I, I, I do love where you're going on this other things.
0: I was, I was still working it in the corporate world back when the downturn of eight, seven, eight went, went down. And I, and there was another one prior to that around uh, 2000-ish. And I remember telling my boss at the time when he was pulling back everything you said, they're pulling back marketing, pulling back on sales. And I went, you know, if we just doubled down right now that when the worm turns, which it will, we'll pick up market share and we'll more than make this back. Yep. But there's so much fear uh, of the present that we don't look through the windshield far enough to make those investments,
1: right? You know, I I wrote a a post on uh, LinkedIn this morning and it was, you know, something that we hear a lot from Tony, but a lot of people dabble Right. They dabble. I'll try this for six months. I'll try this for three months. I'll try this for a year. Like, let's see, let's see if you just commit, like I'm going to build my social brand for 10 years, right? Like I'm really big on brand. I I think where we all have an advantage is that we don't have to spend millions of dollars to be the Coca-Cola ad anymore. We can invest a few hundred dollars and a lot of time and effort and we can get some basic equipment we have most people in the US I'm in Argentina so like phones out here are not iPhone 12s and 13s and 14s and Galaxies and Android like tip top shape like they're iPhone 8s and 9s like there are recycled phones that are here that people are using and creating content with left and right and winning like you can buy a your phones already good enough you like yep you get a cheap microphone 50 bucks or something right like you're spending that on coffee and you start to build your brand, you start to build your brand and it, it's hard and it's, you're going to suck, but you build your brand. And then you put out an offer like Gary Vee, when he put out his NFTs, dude, you crush it. Like yeah. my mentor has got a huge brand, right? Many million people following it and people are like, oh, you have millions of followers, but you only have 18, 1800 views on your videos. He's like, yeah, not every video pops. Some do, some don't like I'm learning just like everybody else. The algorithms change what people want changes. He's like, but I'm putting out content. Like I've never put out before. He's like, but on my email list, cause I've been building it for seven years. When I send an offer, people just drop money left and right because it's the no like and trust. It's the consistency. He's like, so, you know, I got a couple million followers from when it was easy to get followers, whatever I did, you win in the long run when you have a 10-year outlet, like what's your 10-year horizon? Well, I'm going to probably eat some, eat some crow in the next 10 years. Like I can't imagine every year is going to be the best year, the best year, the best year, the best year, the best video, the best podcast. People don't have that longevity though. They, they, they are so short-sighted, right? We're in the TikTok, Instagram, 15 second reels. And there's so much content. Like we've never had so much stuff coming at us in our in human existence than we had this year. And then next year, it's going to be more in the following. Well, and I think we're going
0: to see a lot of that with this, the short attention span with all the little quick 15 second hit videos and whatnot, there's going to be a lot of people that build and burn crash and burn. You know, I was told that the fastest way to get rich is slowly, (laughs) you know, but anymore, we all just want to hit the, the, easy button the, the shortcut button because we've seen people do it you know um but for well, the ma- see, majority of us i post. like this this concept of hey how do you how are you going to build your brand over the next 10 years
1: yeah yeah you know, I, like, I have a
0: real i have a mentor of mine garrett j white i don't know if you know this guy he's a he's a big coach as well and yeah. and if you go back and look at his first videos from roughly 10 years ago I think uh, the adjectives I would describe him are ass clown.
1: <laughs> and I
0: promise you, the guy is far from an ass clown, but you watch those first few videos and you're like, right? he was like Bozo the Clown trying to find his voice right? right until he finally hit the, the, the true voice, which is his authentic voice. And then he's able to connect.
1: Well, you know, going to that one of the one of the things about writing emails or writing long form on LinkedIn, uh, one of the advantages of that, and then doing video as well, is one you see what your people resonate with you about, right? Like there's a lot of analytics on all of these platforms, and two, it's you start to you start to get clarity in your mind around what you want to be delivering to the world. And some people, it's super easy, like they. Have a really simple life. They're like, Hey, this is what I love. This is what I'm good at. Bada bing, bada boom, bada boom, bada boom. And within two years, they're crushing it, or six months, they're crushing it. And it's just super hyper focused because that's what they love. Other people, you know, they've gone through a lot of adversity in life. And so they've had challenges. So they've had ups and downs. And it's like, Well, I want to share this, but I'm also good at this. Like you said, it. You're like, you know, I started out doing some life coaching, but my people came to me for my business acumen. So I incorporate the life coaching and the fitness, the faith, the family, the financial on top of the, the business acumen, which people come to me for. And you can pivot any which way you want, but it for some people, it takes time. Other people, it's just a snap of a finger and they're off running to the races, but you start to get clarity and message when you start doing things um, consistently over time, and you start to see what you like sharing, what you don't. Mm-hmm. So let's pivot this conversation into your coaching
0: and, and consulting space. Sure. What What is it that you teach, and uh, and how do you help? Uh, I, I don't know if it's just people in real estate that you're, you're mentoring or yeah. beyond that, but how do you help them elevate to become the greatest version of themselves inside of their space or inside of their life?
1: So right now I, I'm really hyper-focused on helping real estate agents with sales and branding and the you know w- mindset comes into play always because right now people need a lot <clears throat> of, they need a lot of mental support. Um, because if your mental drops, your physical drops, and then it's just a spiral down the toilet, I, I'm i with you. I, I look at when
0: i I, we t- discussed briefly and I teach my team, my my clients here, there's eight fundamental building blocks. and the the cornerstone is psychology. yeah, because you might have all the skill set. You might be the greatest salesperson or you might be have an MBA and all of this stuff. But if your psychology's messed up, it's not going to matter, right? So we got to get that right first,
1: yeah, no, I mean, you're one hundred percent right. and and people, nobody buys mindset courses really like people don't want to buy mindset, but they want to buy more money. And so when we work on, Hey, what's wrong, what's going on, tell me about your, your last week or whatever. And you hear their, what they say, well, so-and-so said this and it's the same thing that people have always said for the last 10 years, you know, I'm in the real estate space, For the last 10 years people have been concerned about prices they've been concerned about rates rates were two and a half percent people like what if they go lower i'm like dude it's two and a half percent like your buddy's at three like the difference is 50 cents like you guys are we're splitting hairs here right what if the prices go up or the prices go down right people have the same concerns no matter what the market is but if you know how to help people get into their emotional self right if you can build emotional influence within the person People need to move. People need to buy. People have jobs. People have families. People have schools, right? There are certain things that we just can't change in a person's life. Broken hip, you got stairs. That's a big problem, right? Mom's getting older. You live three hours away. She needs help. She's not going to need help in five years because she's probably going to be dead. That's a big problem, right? So you either move now or you move never. The question now is, How do we move? Do we sell the house? Do we keep the house? Do we rent the house? Like, do we live with mom? Like what? There there are a lot of options out there. And if people come from the place of service, instead of the place of commissions, they'll end up with a lot more sales and they can start to grow and they can start to outsource. The the second thing I'm big on is um, we teach a lot about brand. So we talk about sales. We talk about how to build rapport, like not rapport that you were taught, you know, 1977. which is find a football and talk about the football, even though you hate football. It's how do you get emotional influence, right? How do you talk about the client? Because you really don't need to talk about yourself at all. If you do a really good job getting the client to open up everything about them, because they're going to know, like, and trust you. And at the end of the thing, they're going to be like, didn't you have a presentation you wanted to share with me? You're like, you already signed the agreement. I mean, do you want to see it? They're like, no, we just figure you know what to do. You got us to sign the agreement. Like, <laughs> we're done Let, let's rock and roll like how do you book appointments in this market how do you keep on top of that but how do you use your brand and your face and your voice or maybe it's linkedin cuz you're you're more of a writer but how do you build a brand where people know like and trust you and do it in a way that's consistent and authentic to you because that's just free marketing left and right you know a lot of people right now are pulling back we're we know that there's gonna be a 25 to 30% decrease in sales in 2023 um, overall. We also know that there's gonna be a 30 to 60% decline in competition. Like that's that's awesome. There's a 20 to 30% decrease in sales, but there's a huge side that's going to be gone as well. So you got there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of businesses and it's restaurants are gonna go out of business. Dry cleaners are going to go out of business. A lot of people are going to go out of business, unfortunately, because they don't know how to play the long game and they don't know how to be, they're not preparing mentally for what's going on. They're not improving their sales. They're not improving their marketing. They're just doing what they always did. So that's what I teach a lot of is how how to build your sales, how to have better emotional influence, right? How to use your voice, use your body, use your tonality to get people to actually allow you to come over. And then how do you win the sale in do it while building a badass brand. That's that's beautiful, man. I <laughs>
0: I I love that piece. I also when when I look at the next phase for me, it's leadership and then it's sales and then culture. Cause I feel just like for me, you have to lead yourself first. Yeah. And, and, and so this is how I, I build up my when I'm talking to folks. And I love this branding piece that uh that you have because Ultimately, for those of us that are in the consulting space, it's about a personal brand. People want to want to know that you've been there, done that. You've weathered the storms, and you can help them collapse time and, and do it and get there following your footsteps in less time. So, whatever took you a decade, can you get me there in a year?
1: Yeah, right? maybe, maybe if you're willing to put the work in. But let, let's let's start exactly. You know, like I, I, we were talking yesterday as like. You know, I love it when people say, Hey, I'm a life coach, but their life is completely like, you don't got to be married with kids to have a good life, but you got to be healthy. Like you, you can't be going up a flight of stairs and huffing and puffing and breaking a sweat. Like you're a life coach, but your life is completely in disarray or you're a fitness coach, but you are not like strong and big, like bodybuilder. You are just big and heavy, you know, like that it doesn't make sense to me that a gym would hire somebody in a fitness arena to coach. And they, and I'm not saying they're not great coaches. I'm not saying they're not great teachers. It's just, there's certain things where you got to be able to put your mouth where your, where your money is and um, your money, where your mouth is. And that, I think those are some of the categories. Exactly.
0: exactly. Like, it's like going to a doctor who's obese. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, man. You're going to talk to, I'm going to go to you and you're going to tell me about health. I don't think so. <laughs> that's just my personal take i just i'm like hey man if you can't if if you're gonna i'm not gonna take nutritional advice from a person who can't doesn't follow his own cooking you know
1: well go Um, go to a hospital and look around so that that's why you know like your your network is your net worth because the people you hang out with is who you become
0: yeah exactly and that's what the, the I always say the top five people or on my phone, I've got nine people that are pinned to the top. That's the most it allows, right? So I'm right. like these are the nine people that I associate with most yep. and I'm the average of those nine people and yep. I'm having to recycle those out as I elevate or they move off into different areas and 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 diff- chase different things in their lives that don't align. Um, but um, for for us, I had a mentor. And he said, he told me his greatest fear was to be on his deathbed and meet the man he could have been. Yeah. You're like, wow. You know, so that's what I always have that in my mind. So I'm always thinking, how do I remain in integrity with myself? How am I telling myself the truth? Um, You know, I recently, just this year, I, I uncovered that the opposite of the truth isn't a lie. The opposite of the truth is a denial because we turn around and we don't face the truth, we deny it. And so many times, and it's coming, this, the, people are already starting to get there with this, the way this economy is coming, they're denying it. And um, so for me, with my clients, it's how do we face the truth, face the music, because that's what's going to set you free. And you can shorten the the slide by facing the truth, you know? Yeah, no, agreed. hundred percent. So my man, um, thanks for uh, sharing this time with me and my yeah. my audience. And then how do we get a hold of you? What's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. Uh Instagram, coach Vikram deal. So okay. Coach uh V I K R A M D E O L. Coach Vikram deal is the easiest way. Just slide in my DMs or you know, if you're on uh Facebook, just my name Vikram deal, But I'm more on social than I am uh, email and other places.
0: Perfect. Um, and if there's anything I can be doing for you, you can always reach out to me. Um, I appreciate I you, brother. It's it's great being able to spend this 45 minutes with you and getting to know you. And uh, hopefully uh, we can do this again sometime.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And if you guys have any questions, uh, I've been through a lot and uh, I love love helping other people not have to go through it.
0: Yeah. And like I said, that's what I got from you. Uh, I can tell that your heart is all about contribution and helping people succeed. And um, I know that uh, just I haven't worked with you personally on coaching, but I can tell that your clients that are going to be coming to you are going to be in for a treat because I got a guy whose heart is coming from the right place, man. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take care, JP. Take care.